Welcome back to Season 3 of the Ripple Leader Podcast by The Trebuchet Group. My name is Seth Silvers, your co-host, along with Chris Hutchinson, CEO of The Trebuchet Group. On each episode of this season, Chris and I are having candid conversations of challenges and issues that business owners, managers, and leaders often face while growing their company. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about getting out of your own way as a leader. If the motivations of the leader are around, I sit on top, I make the decisions, that could counter with that, and that's not going to go well. But if if they really want to see the company go well and everything, it can be an invitation to, I see an opportunity made for the company to go better, but I would need your help, not you need to change or we will never get there. It's a different, it's the same thing, but it's it's an appreciative approach versus saying you're the problem. And once you trigger that amygdala reaction, nothing's happening. So it's, it's, it's very interesting that the leader has so much power, they can actually thwart their own improvement. This can be challenging at times. And in my experience, I am often the one who is bottlenecking our growth more than anything. So let's get started as we learn from our own stories, as well as some examples that we see from other people about how leaders can get out of their own way. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ripple Leader Podcast. Very excited to have you here. Uh, if this is your first episode listening, my name is Seth Silvers and I'm here co-hosting with Chris Hutchinson. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing well. Thanks. Good. Good, Good to hear. Um, and if you haven't listened to any of our other episodes uh, this third season, we're kind of diving into different leadership questions, but talking through them more as a conversation as opposed to just giving you lots of advice and talking at you. We more want you to feel like you're sitting in the room with us. So uh, Chris, today I want to talk about really how do we get out of our own way as leaders? Hmm. I don't have as many questions as I usually have for this episode ready because it's it kind of just all boils down to like I end up being, as a leader, the main bottleneck to my company's hmm. growth and to my company's success. So, well, I appreciate you being open about that because that 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 first you know puts you on the road to recovery <laughs> and what you're going to be able to do. I mean, if you're not aware of that, <clears throat> it's going to be very hard for you to address that at all. So, let's from the last episode we talked about what a great outcome would be. So. What would great be? And let's go for the people that you know were between their ears or coming right. out of their speakers or whatever. Um, what would great be for them in a half an hour? What could you imagine as a pretty cool outcome? Yeah, that's a good question. And I wish that we could I wish we could ask the people as we're recording this, but yeah. it's not possible. Yeah, we gotta make it. So up. if I could put myself in a listener's shoes, mm-hmm. I would think that um probably walking away from this conversation with a few key questions to regularly be asking myself to help me kind of know how do I, where am I in my own way? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's hard to identify where I'm in my own way. And I think in my case, in my five years of business, I have not grown as fast as I would have liked or as fast as I imagined. Okay. You know, I started it with the perfect business plan that of course went wrong real quick. <laughs> um <laughs> So I think I'm pretty aware of that, but I also think there's probably some listeners that probably have grown pretty quickly and probably maybe don't have an awareness that they are in their own way. Sure. Um, maybe it's like- you Or know, they might not be aware of how they're doing a good job and not being in their own exactly. way Exactly. Yeah. So I think maybe some walking away from this episode with some questions that will help to identify, are you in your own way or are you not? And if you're not, great, but you should probably still be still be thinking through this on the regular. Okay, so we got that. So so if we can together have some really good awareness for people, sort of raise the questions so that they can 
also look at their awareness. What about what about for you personally? I mean, what would be great for you personally? I think for me personally, probably, you know, I'm thinking of processes and procedures and all of these things that we can't really build out in 30 minutes. But I've always joked with my team, like, oh, has anybody, like, where did the where'd the USB cord go that goes from like my brain to my computer? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like knowing so, like, oh, it's all up here. So maybe a couple of shortcuts then maybe yeah. or, or things that could get you going in the right direction, not just awareness, but actually activity. Right. Yeah. 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 I think some like action steps that could actually, that could help. Uh, I know there are some areas where I'm in my own way, um, but probably some shortcuts that can, you know, kind of help me to make a little bit of progress. Okay. That, that sounds good. So we get so we get awareness and shortcuts. That's definitely good. And and I guess I'll chime in with mine. You know, when I think about these, I want uh, what would be amazing for for me personally and for my company is to feel like people get insight into how we work, and so that they could say, "Wow, those folks maybe go to the website or something like this and get some support." Maybe they didn't even talk to us. Yeah, awesome would be they'd say you know, I have a philosophical connection. I can see that they're showing up in ways that we want to show up, not lockstep, but in a way that partnership would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so that would be that would be awesome. If somebody yeah. called up and said, hey, I think I might be getting in, uh, in my own way. And it's less about getting the business and it's more about that gives us a chance to partner together to make impact for them and the world. And the byproduct of that is that we get to, our team gets to do our work. Right. And hopefully revenue flows in the right way and we continue to do this as long as we want. So that's that's yeah. kind of the outcome that I I could see. But it's authentic. It's not like I get that first and then you get whatever's right. left over. It's like, what can we create together? Yeah. So I appreciate the, the way we even have these conversations. We're creating this together, like awareness and shortcuts. Yeah, I think I think that's a good way of approaching this. And we haven't we haven't started an episode with this kind of clarity, but it already, it already feels good. So this is this is good stuff. It's always when you think about starting a meeting or a time together with these practical questions it's always like well that seems kind of weird it It, it does you know at the same time though it's like well you could stumble across it together maybe right but if you think about it ahead of time i know it it feels silly it's it's the go slow to go fast we take a little time up front the chance of hitting together goes way up right and we won't be at cross purposes yeah so this is awesome yeah it's great so to start am am i the only one that in the room of two of us that struggles with this or have there been some times you've been in business longer and I have, mm-hmm. have there been some times where you've realized that you're kind of the bottleneck in the business or maybe that you need to figure out ways to kind of get out of your own way? Uh, um, I would say continually. Okay. Yeah. So, and I've, I've been doing this for 18 years in my own business. On one hand, a lot of the success I can look at where I've contributed and I can see also the limits to that success are I've contributed to that too. So we get both sides. Right. I mean, just recently, it's kind of funny because we have um, what's affectionately known, at least I think it's affectionately known, as the Chris problem. Because I've been in business for a long time and because the business has been fairly small and we've done, a, I think, a great job of helping people come with us, grow with us, and then they sometimes see something different or brighter or whatever, and they go on. And that's the reality. I don't expect people to sign on and work together for 20 years. With that in mind, though, I've I've been able to see a lot of the limitations that I've had imposed on the business. And that Chris problem is that people know me and they hear me talk or do this kind of stuff, which is great. And then if it's like, well, would you like to speak to so-and-so? 
they're like, well, I'd rather like to speak to Chris. I'm guessing you get that yeah. too. And at the same time, you're t- I'm trying to grow these other folks and give them opportunities. So a lot of times, let's, let go, let's go talk together. I don't want to be the rainmaker. I don't want to be the one that like does the bait and switch, as I've seen some companies do. We do a lot of joint projects, and I'll say, well, I think this person would be really great. Let's go talk with them and see if that makes sense um, in terms of my team members. But I can tell that that does limit the company. It does because then it's well, is Chris available? Yeah, we want to do that. One of the one of our um, my colleagues at one point they said we want to go with Chris. Brilliant. He basically turned it around very gently and said, "That's great. Um, what do you see that Chris would bring to this?" And then he could talk to how he could do that, or whether or not we need to have me to have that mm-hmm. happen. So knowing our strengths that that helps too. But. I have definitely been limitation and that Chris problem has been a challenge. Nicely, just very recently, one of our team members said to me, you know, I would like you not to talk about it as a Chris problem. Hmm. And think of it instead, uh, how what you bring is helping us all build on top of that. You know, it's you're you're not on the top of the pyramid, you're underneath holding the organization up. And of course we need those strengths and of course we need that stuff. And we can use that to build on our own strengths. Right. Which I'd love because that's what I'd like to think about it. And it's easy to get caught in the, you know, it it's as good as I can do it or it's not as good as I can do it. Which I'd, I don't, I, I built this whole company to have a team where people could do things I can't. Mm-hmm. And I can do things they can't because then we're better together. Right. Have there been any examples that as you've helped your clients or you as you've worked with leaders or executive teams where this is been a pretty big issue where you've began to realize okay the leader needs to kind of get out of their own way in one way or another yeah yeah that that happens a lot and the the challenge is and again it's sort of it cycles back a little bit to the what's the outcome so i can frequently i hear something about and that was often in the beer and pizza at the after party sort of of a meeting or something where you know i sit down in a booth or i'm walking around and people sort of motion me over and i think okay i'm really even though everybody else is relaxing, I'm still in the job. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm over to clients and I just sit down and they're like, hey, what about this and this? And we want to make this go better, but we're worried about upsetting the boss, which would then cause this not to go better. And how, what do we do? And so I know that information, but I don't go to the boss and say, hey, boss, you're not showing up well. You know, you need to shift your thing. But, but I might go to the boss and, like I've said before, say, so what were you hoping for an outcome from this? How do you think it went? What could we do differently? And then if there's room in there, I can say, hey, you know, here's a couple alternatives. Which one would you think might help us get better results in the direction you're intending? Um, so it's, it's, it's a little tricky because it's not my, even though I can see something better and maybe the, the, the subordinate leaders or people can see something better or want something better, does the leader want it? Hmm. If the leader doesn't want it, it's not going to happen. Right. And I've had... I'd say the negative story is that we continue to have a lot of, I'll call number twos, you know, the second in command or somebody else in the C-suite or the top management, and they'll come to us and say, you know, we we got a challenge because here's what's happening and the leader's showing up this way and it's not helping this stuff. And I said, okay, so how has that been communicated to them? How do they know that? No, they don't know that. Or people have tried, but they get kind of shut down. Okay, um, what are the results in the business that are different? I mean, what kind of change do you think that person's change in attitude or the way they show up could make a difference in the business? Oh, it could be here, here, and here. Mm-hmm. That's that's really awesome. D- how does that connect? And I know I'm just shooting off these questions, but yeah. I mean, how does that connect back to the motivations of the leader? 
if the motivations of the leader are around, I sit on top, I make the decisions, that could counter with that. And that's not going to go well. But if, if they really want to see the company go well and everything, it can be an invitation to, I see an opportunity made for the company to go better, but I would need your help. Not, you need to change or we will never get there. It's a different, it's the same thing, but it's, it's an appreciative approach versus saying you're the problem. Right. How can you be part of the solution? You just go with that piece. <clears throat> and sadly, the, 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 the hard part is when the number two says, that's the problem. You know, I say, how yeah. happy is the leader? Oh, they're totally happy. Mm-hmm. How's it working for them? Perfectly from their point. And then I kind of grit my teeth and I squint my eyes and I go, um, I have to, I'm going to share something with you. It's not going to be really happy. As long as the leader is completely happy and it's working for them, there is no reason for them to change. Hmm. And when we get brought in, it's more like the number two says, hey, you know what, boss? I know you're 50 pounds overweight and I know this amazing diet coach that you need to see. And if we even get in for an invitation, we're expelled because I don't need that. Excuse me? Who are you to tell me what I need? And once you trigger that amygdala reaction, nothing's happening. Yeah. So it's 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 very interesting that the leader right. has so much power they can actually thwart their own improvement. Yeah, accidentally. So I mean, there's some leaders that maybe don't know they're not aware of the ways that they're holding mm-hmm. their company back or that they're yep. holding themselves back. Kind of like you described, other people might be seeing it, but they might not. Right, and it doesn't always work for someone else to point out a problem that you don't think exists. Yeah, yeah. So, Unasked for help often isn't. Yeah, is what we say. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what are some, let's talk about some of the questions that we talked about first. We kind of yeah. talked about like the awareness questions and right. maybe some shortcuts. So right. if somebody's listening to this, they, they're probably either thinking, yes, this is a big problem. I'm getting in my own way. Yep. Um, for me, it's it's usually with processes. It's, it's kind of the, the Seth, there's the Chris problem. There's the Seth problem. More often people have hired Seth Silvers to do stuff than story on. So the last okay. 18 months has been building processes so that people are hiring story on ah. as opposed to me. But I've just kind of been for many years, I was just doing it. And so all that knowledge was in my head. So right. I've often found myself bottlenecked in that way. So the process you're talking about, the processes that you need to get a consistent method for other people to do what you do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Cause it, and usually it's just been, you know, I, I know the client, I know what I do for them. It's all in my head. Right. Not as much of a, there was for several years, there wasn't really as much of a need to write it down. Mm-hmm. Now I realize when I hire somebody, I need to kind of give them a piece of paper that says, here's, here's what I'm hiring you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty important to, in most companies. So the, the way that you're holding back the company is what? I would say um, not w- one of the ways is not having um, processes mm-hmm. and like knowing. I wouldn't say winging it, but kind of doing things out of my own experience of doing them previously, right? And out of my own memory of them, which it hasn't always been documented. So I think that me not documenting things or me having not put things in a, into processes, sure has uh now that we're beginning to grow which is great it's just slowed that sure more than not so thanks for the invitation so i, I think yeah so what, what i'm going to ask here okay so you're doing this here right now there are a couple of questions i'm going to ask which other people can ask themselves so ultimately and i don't know how far down the road that is what's the company look like in the future 
Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately it, uh, I would say stable and by stable, I mean, providing for, providing for me and my team in a, in a way that's, that's good that, you know, people aren't going to leave for financial reasons. Okay. So your team is all there and they're getting the finances that they need. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're getting the finances they need probably a little bit more. Um, so I think that's what I look at as like stable. It's not, I I don't look at like, I I don't dream of having a high turnover team with low pay. Like I'd rather have, um, a few people that are working really hard, but they really, really value where they work. So stable in that sense. Um, a big piece of where I I do see ourselves in a couple of years is having some scalable services, Mm -hmm. which has been a problem because a lot of what I've done for people has been custom. Right. Um, I have not said no to many projects. Which is a tremendous superpower <laughs> that, that you can adjust and things like, yeah. you know, do that. So I'm wondering in here, so so I'm hearing the connection of you, you believe that if you had processes that people then could step into that, do things not the same as, but, you know, using your expertise in a right. way without you having to be physically present so that we can all be successful together. Right. So, and we could go into detail, like what have you tried and how's it worked? But that, that's some of it is that I'd be asking that, you know, like, so what's, what have you tried? What's worked? What hasn't worked? And we'd probably see, start to see some patterns in that around uh, the things that are sort of turning you up or turning you down or things mm-hmm. you're looking for or not. I, I think one of the challenges, and this is, this is going to be a counterintuitive question, um, and it's also one of those, I think Dr. Phil, like, I think he says that too. And I don't watch him a lot, but I, I know some of these things. Um, what's the payoff? What's the payoff of not doing processes and doing it custom for you personally? Because that will hold you. We might need to find another way to get the same mm-hmm. outcome for you, but also let processes take, be, be formed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, but if so. you did processes, it would actually take away something from you. What would it take away right. from you? Yeah, I think that it would take away the it would take away the like depth of connection that I've had with clients. Okay. So, if through as I've been working through all of this, I, I've realized I do really like um I really like working with clients. I could just hear it in your voice. I mean, there is like there is passion there. That yeah. is the cool part, right? I don't. So where that's gotten me in trouble is most people. I, I've been told a lot of times, like, "Oh, you're going for too small of projects. You know, you need to be going for like bigger. You oh, know, medium small, size. Small doing what? Does it keep you personally involved? Uh, yeah, or just like not enough for it. Like you're going for like the small fish that can't pay you. But then what I've seen is a lot of marketing agencies jump to where, you know, yes, they're getting bigger clients, more sustainable clients, but I really do feel like I've wanted to work with small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, not all small small businesses have five-figure a month marketing budgets. Right. So I know that when I'm thinking back to your first question of like what it looks like down the road, yep, there is some scalable services within the story on ecosystem, but also there's opportunity for me to work really, really closely with select clients. Yes. Cause I really, really like that. I can tell there's a lot of passion there. So that's an and solution. Yeah, it is an and, but if everything was scalable, I know that I would be missing out. Like if, if every product that we did was just, you know, sell a product, deliver yep. the same product, yep. 
I think it would cost me having a like more personal and authentic connection with our clients. So this is a huge realization. I pre- appreciate that you came to this that quick. Sometimes it takes a little longer for folks to do that. It's really important to know that because what we want is an and. What we want is an and of how you can have it to be scalable and have a close connection. You've already have one solution. You know, you, you get the Seth Silver super duper, you know, close right. in deal and get to work. That's not unlike, I mean, that Chris Brown I talked about. We have, uh, my team says Chris pricing. So it's like, well, here's our regular pricing. And if Chris is available, which time is the hardest thing, here's what Chris has. And some people are like, okay, no problem. And some people are like, uh, we'll go with the, you know, you've, mm-hmm. we've heard good things about your group as a whole. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's some differentiation there. It's, it, it makes me a little uncomfortable to have that because I don't think I'm better than anyone. And I understand that having that unique set of skills like you have where you can bring that invisible tool belt in and pull out the right tool at the right time is is worth more mm-hmm. at times for people who want that. And some people don't need that. They just say, hey, just run me through the thing. I'm going to do most of the work right. anyway. Not a big deal. So are you kind of getting at that like if I build out all of these processes of the way that I've been doing things, yes, pass those on to a team, there's going to be some margin that's lost in a sense that like I maybe can't expect my team to implement everything in 100% of the same way and with the same passion and with the same angle that I would have. I'm guessing that's what you're thinking. I guess that's, yeah, that's a good uh, and I agree. I'm, I'm yeah, not trying to be silly I'm just wonder, here. I guess it's a yeah. I'm well, it's sort of, of like, it's sort of the you know, and that might be a little of the pipe dream. You know, I'd I'd love people to have lots of consistency and all the flexibility. And there's some, it's a, it's a dynamic tension. And there's you know, we could have no flexibility at all, and it would be super consistent and boring as hell. And people probably wouldn't want to even work with us, mm-hmm. in my mind. And not neither would the people who are doing the work want to do that. It would just be turning the crank. Right. And on the other side, everything's 100% custom. Nothing is ever consistent. It's kind of fun, but there's not a lot of scalability to that. So somewhere in between the two is how much scalability we want and how much consistency we want. The other thing I'm trying to do is as we're bringing people in and they have strengths is say, okay, how much of the guardrails do we need to set up? It's not here's the steps no matter what. It's like here's the guardrails. These are the things you'll see when things are going well. These are the things that you can have cautions for and how to recover from them. But it doesn't tell you exactly how to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just like here's the road and here's where you don't want to go. And so we're trying to write those and continually it's been an ongoing process because some teams want you know, as, as we've evolved, some people want more structure, some people want less. Some people rebel against any structure. Right. And so it's trying to find out, well, is that a hiring thing or do I need to think about the business differently? What am I ultimately trying to get to? So I'm asking myself the same questions I'm asking you. And I think it's a good to ask, you know, any leader should, it's, it's a good idea. Like, where's the ultimate thing? How do I see myself getting there? And oh, by the way, if that's only my goal and nobody else's, that's a lot of work. I don't know if I'll get there. Maybe do I need to hire different people who embrace that? Maybe. Do I need to look for something that's like you're saying? I heard you say, well, if I expect everybody to be me or almost like me in results through stuff I get out, that's probably not even possible. Yeah, and I think I've um, I've faced that some to where I've realized that I can't if I don't put things into if there's not a process if there's not you know kind mm-hmm. of a system right to the way that we work as a company, then the only way to grow past, you know, eventually I'm going to hit my glass ceiling. It's like the, you know, the transition from like consultant to business. Um, Mm -hmm. Right. You know, there's the practice, you know, we have more of a practice 
and I've been working on making a business and I'm, I'm, I have a lot of burned out light bulb filaments around my office. They're like, well, that didn't work and that didn't work and that didn't work. But yeah. we're, we're continuing to narrow down the ways we find some things that work. And, and yeah. so it's, it's, it basically, my project actually is not the results of the business. It's the business itself. And oh, by the way, the other project is working on me. Right. So if I work on me and I work on this project called a business, and oh, by the way, we provide consultants training and we provide uh, client services, that's kind of the journey. Right. Yeah, because if, if there's not that approach in it, then the only way to grow is going to be to duplicate myself. Yes, which is pretty much about There is no other self-seller. Right. You are it. Yeah, and whether that's, whether that's a good thing or not, that's not the point, <laughs> but it's impossible. And I think that I've seen that to, because I've been – it feels like you're backed into a corner at times where there's these opportunities and you want to grow, but then you realize like, well, I need somebody that understands me. Mm-hmm. I need somebody that can think like me, that will solve these problems like me. And not that a checklist and a SOP is going to solve everything, right. but realizing, okay, maybe I'll lose, you know, maybe we'll lose 20% of the, you know, individuality that maybe I bring to an equation or bring to a solution, but the, the gain of you know building that is going to actually give us the opportunity to build a team and grow to be able to serve more people it's just been hard to i think i've like known that it's just been hard to put in the work to actually build that i totally agree and, and i was actually going to share that 80 20 rule you know that with 20 percent of the effort you can get 80 percent of the results so that's the kind of thing to do to not think because it will literally take you five times longer to get to that last 20% or they just use you when they need it right so mm-hmm. how can you build a solution that it's me 80 percent of the people or 100% of their needs, or 100% of the people, 80% of the needs all the time, and then you and whoever else you're hiring are able to, you know, put that creative juice in that last piece. Not that it's rote. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can do it to where here again. Here are the parameters. Let's set these guardrails fairly wide, so you have latitude. It's not a dictatorial kind of methodology, but it's a let's keep you from wandering off methodology. So, what are some like what are some questions that maybe I should regularly be asking myself or? kind of looking at my business through the lens of to really figure out maybe where are the areas that I'm kind of bottlenecking or holding us back in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, so I'm, I'm a big proponent. You've heard this kind of throughout outcome-based thinking. You're beginning with the end in mind and thinking, what are the ends you're getting? So like, and we could, again, we could go through this, but I think it's like, what? Are the, how do you know you're successful? You know, how much is that the finances that are in the bank and how much is that the impact you're making on people and how do you know that, mm-hmm. you know, versus just I touch X number of people, well, to what level? Um, what are the things that uh, would indicate that you're on the right track? And some of it, like, what's your energy level every day? What's your employee's energy level? I mean, you, you get to pick. That's the cool mm-hmm. part. You can pick what you think success looks like. And then looking at those on a regular basis, ideally, and with a with open book management things, you can actually have everyone looking at those things and saying, this is what success looks like. And so a lot of times it's like, I'm pointing that way and using the, you know, getting the right people on the bus, Jim Collins thing, you drive down the road a little ways, then you turn around and say, so what do you think? And so you're getting not just your perspectives, but other ones as well. So everyone owns it. And that I think then can help you get energy for people coming up and saying, hey, I want to go, this process, I think we need a process over here. Mm-hmm. So you're not even having to think about what the process is. Like, we need more consistency. We're seeing inconsistent results. Could you help us? Mm-hmm. Or we're going to try it. Let us know. Right. So I, th- I think that's it. Um, part of the advice would be to just put the bar down lower. 
So that's that ooching component. Like what's the next thing you could do to know you're on track? Not that you need to set up a perfect system of all these metrics tomorrow. It's like, what are the two, three metrics that, or, or measurements or outcomes that you think, if I looked at these on a weekly basis, it would steer me in the right direction. Hmm. What are those for you? For me, those are, um, it's the impact that I'm making, the energy that I'm feeling around. So that's a very fuzzy, you know, I don't even have a hardcore number. Although every day we ask our team, zero to 10, how are you doing? And if we're up in eights and nines, it's not expected and it's a hope for, you know, we're getting energy out of this. We're doing well. Um, sometimes I use negative ones too. So if we don't have clients that are disappointed with us, um, that, you know, we have a net promoter score we look at that gives us advocates to other folks. But I look at those to see, do we, are, we, are we causing problems? Are we off track? Those are the things that I look to make sure we're not doing. And then um, personally, I, I, we have a system that basically gives people gain sharing. So when, we make, when we're profitable together, everybody can see that and we all share that. And I want to see that we're there. Right now, I've sort of put that off to the side. I think we may actually have a profitable year. We had a great first quarter <laughs> and then <laughs> COVID. Um, but the fact that we're not down like some people actually makes me feel pretty good. And I right. think the team feels like they have an ability to help control that. Right. So that feels a lot, you know, rather than Chris has magnanimously done this for everybody. No, we're doing it together and we see we can make a difference. Hmm. What about, you know, kind of as for the last five, 10 minutes of this conversation, Yeah, we talked about like some awareness questions and then like some of the shortcuts. Yeah. So I think some of the awareness questions are really around, it could be the energy that you have every day. You know, if you sat and journaled, right. um, I, I can journal a little while and then I sort of lose steam on it. Mm -hmm. But just examining how much am I feeling, you know, what what's the general feeling that I have other people? Um, asking other people, how are things going? And I really want to know. Uh, yeah. Is a really important And maybe thing. giving an opportunity for the second in command person to be able to yeah. share, hey, Things are going good, but I think right. this could be going better as opposed to your number two just thinking everything's great. Yeah, exactly. Or your or number one thinking everything's great. Great number two number is like, yeah. God, this sucks. Right? Yeah. We're not doing well. One of the things that I think is a beautiful invitation, it's a way to create safety. And I'm going to share this because I think it fits into any of these kind of conversations when you're inviting honesty. We're inviting together. So it's uh, I may have talked about it before. It's called contrasting. Done by the Vital Smarts, the guys who wrote um, let's see, what is it around those? I'm trying to remember the titles. But essentially, they've written some really good books around how do you positively confront someone? How do you positively okay. communicate with them? The titles are escaping me. But the thing is that it's an invitation. So you start out by saying, hey, Seth, I'd like to have a conversation with you about how we communicate. And you right up front, I'm telling you what the topic is, like in a sentence. And then the next things I'm going to say are something that are my intention positively. And what I would assume you would misappropriately, you know, assume the bad way, right? So it'd be like, and usually I use the one first, this is not about telling you what you should be doing around here. Because you might go, oh crap, he's going to tell, you know, whatever that thing is that I think you would think, oh crap, that's what I'm going to say. Like, I don't want that. This is not, a, what I want to do is figure out ways that we can better communicate because, and then you share the ultimate path, because I think our relationship here is absolutely critical for us to be successful together. And then it's an invitation. Then I say, when would work for you? And I'm, if I'm the boss, I don't have to ask that. Mm -hmm. I could just say, let's talk about it now. But I want to have a, a, a you need to say, mm, now's not a good time, or sure. 
it's an invitation into it. So you start at conversation, plus minus, ultimate path, invitation. So if I ask you that kind of thing, hey, Seth, I really want to talk with you about how things are going for you. This is not to have a, you know, oh, yeah, boss, they're great. Mm-hmm. This is to really know. Because what I ultimately want to do is I want to have this place where we are authentically ourselves here. Right. Would today be a good time? Yeah. So can you, can, it just, you can feel how yeah, in that number two conversation, you hopefully would be able to like, I could say, what's, what do you think is going well? What do you think could be better? Right. And then I can use those questions on myself too. But then that hopefully gives you room to say, well, I, you know, that thing that we do, I'm not really psyched about it. Now I can be open, not feeling critical, like, okay, let's understand. So maybe we can do something better. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we've kind of touched on this in a few different ways in a few of our episodes. We had one episode where we talked all about meetings and like how having more meetings might cause you to have, you know, get more done because there's this magical space for people to be able to bring stuff. Yes. Yes. As as opposed to that stuff, just like oozing out at the wrong times throughout the day (laughs) and hijacking your afternoons. Exactly. Uh, similarly, you know, in our last conversation, we talked about attitude. It's funny because in me bringing this question of like, how do we, you know, I'm bottlenecking my own business. I'm hijacking my own growth kind of thing. Uh, I want the, I think the solutions we've talked about have been helpful, but it's not necessarily in it's, it's fallen in line with the outcomes we talked about at the beginning, but it's not necessarily what I wanted when I wrote down this question and in prep for this episode, because I was thinking like, well, I just want the solution to fix myself and fix my company. (laughs) But it's like, then when we get into it, we realize like, oh, this involves talking with your people. This involves creating a space where your people can talk with you and bring up issues, really bring up issues about you that they might be having and, and do that in a safe environment. And so it's- Then we can own it together. And it's not all on you to fix you. It's on us- to help you be the best and vice right. versa. You help me be the best. Right. Yeah. And it, I mean, we've also mentioned Brene Brown at handful of times. And I just think that, mm-hmm. you know, when I first heard her starting to talk about vulnerability as something that we, we almost, we shame in ourselves, but we honor in others. And I think it's so similar. It's like, I feel vulnerable as a business owner going to my team and saying, Hey, you know, kind of creating this space of what can we be doing better? And, you know, maybe creating a space where they, are able to talk about some things that I maybe not may not be doing well or may not be leading in a good way. In reality, if I put myself in their position and I mean, even thinking about it in practical, yeah. If my parents or if my wife or if anybody sits down and says, Hey, we're, how can I, how can I be a better spouse? How can I, you're not going to go, I got them saved up here. lady." It's like, Oh, I'm glad you're asking that question because that (laughs) proves that I'm better than you. Uh, it's not that at all. Like you honor that. So it's, yeah. it's interesting. And I say all that to say this answer is it's more complex. It's more com- like fixing the bottleneck of yourself and your business. Mm-hmm. It's more complex than just creating a bunch of checklists and passing them off to new employees. It's, mm-hmm. It seems like what I'm hearing you talk about and say is part of it is cultural. Like part of it is being able to have these conversations with your team mm-hmm. Um, that kind of invites feedback and invites your team to be able to show some of the ways that you're bottlenecking. And, and I'm not going to see all those ways. Exactly. That also has them, as I said, own, be part of the solution 
And the other beautiful thing on the other side is that when you are open to not being perfect and asking for feedback and growing and getting better, unlearning what you've done and learning, you're implicitly giving them permission and asking them to do the same. Yeah. So when you, you know, if they're like, well, the boss is willing to do this. Well, I, you know, a lot of times when, and one of the reasons why you get what you project is if I said, hey, Seth, here's some things I'm struggling with, and I see that I made this mistake, and I really didn't help you here, and I, I'm sorry for that, and I want to be better, the likelihood of you saying, well, I didn't do this perfectly either goes way the heck up, and now we're both working on it together rather than I'm wrong, you're right, or vice versa. Right. So, so in that way, you become a non-bottleneck because you're helping the whole system realize how it can be better. You're helping every person realize how they can be better, not just that you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. So kind of bringing this to like a close and summarizing, how would you, how would you kind of summarize what we've talked about and kind of give a, give a summarizing answer to the question of like, how do you, how do you get out of your own way as a leader? Yeah. Well, the first thing is knowing where do you want to go and then seeing what part you have to play in it getting feedback and building an opening so that other people can tell you what's really happening or to just know what's really happening in the organization. And then creating an environment where they too feel like they're part of the solution with you because you're helping be vulnerable with them, which then helps the entire organization overcome all its bottlenecks, not just yours. So in a way, you as a leader go first, you take the risks, you show that it's okay. And even though that's not your I just want to get better, right? You're not saying, oh, I'm going to get better so I help all you get better. That's what actually will happen because you're setting the example of what it is to be psychologically safe, to be vulnerable, to be open, to be better, which asks other people to do the same thing. It's not like, gosh, I want to be like this perfect leader. You want to say, you know, I'm going to grow as much as I can because I see this person doing it first. Yeah, I think that's good. I, th I think you have to you have to model that, but then that also, like you said, it invites it both ways. It's beautiful. It's just it's a, it goes back and forth, and really extraordinary teams. All it it right it raises all the boats because all of us are working on where we might be limiting the business or where we're holding things back, or even seeing my limitation is actually your strength. So let's partner, and we'll both lift each other up higher. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been this is helpful. Uh, in a different way than I maybe imagined, but I think it helps to give a more it helps to give a more healthy approach to the question of like getting out of your own way, as opposed to just thinking that's something that I, you know, I decide figure out how to do in my office one day on my own. It's yeah, a lot. But more. It, was, it was just us. Nobody else will ever benefit from this information because it doesn't <laughs> apply to anybody but us. Nobody yeah. else. Yeah, but it's good that we kind of tread that ground. Together. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, I think that, you know, we started this talking about the outcomes of like kind of awareness and shortcuts. How'd we do? I think we did. Okay. I think it, it was, uh, and by, okay, I think, I mean, this conversation is good. My mind's like processing all of it as we're having it and thinking about conversations I should have and people I should touch base with and how I should restructure some of them. Only if it gets to you to where you want to go. Yeah, exactly. But no, I think it's, I think it's helped with the awareness piece because I'm more of a, I think I'm more aware of what the solutions will actually look like. Like I said, maybe less tangible, uh, maybe less, you know, I need my team to help me with this, mm -hmm. um, which is, or I guess more so in that way. And I think the shortcuts to this really is including the team in it, um, including other people. So I think it's helpful um, to really see it through an appropriate lens as opposed to as a leader just thinking, you know, this is, I just got to fix myself, which uh, usually induces a lot of 
problems and shame and all this weird yep. stuff. Yeah, and getting some help from others, I think, is vital. Yeah. And hopefully that, that'll lower the barriers and increase the success. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Chris. Thanks for coming in for this conversation. And yeah. until next time. Good luck. Thanks. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in again for the Ripple Leader Podcast. Today's conversation about how we get out of our own way is so critical and important. I encourage you, if you are a leader and you have some other people beneath you um, that you're leading on your team, or even other colleagues that you're leading with, I encourage you to share this episode with them. I think it might be helpful. Also, make sure you come back for our next conversation where we're gonna talk about goals. On all these conversations, we have talked about how transparent Chris and his team at the Trebuchet Group are. So we're gonna talk about how do you set goals collaboratively? How do you um, make it a team process? It's a critical conversation and an exciting one. We'll see you next time on the Ripple Leader Podcast.